0: hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family my name is david tremaine and i'm the minister of formation at good samaritan episcopal church in san diego california
1: and i am charlotte pressler and i am the youth missioner for the episcopal diocese of san diego
2: my name is Greg Tuttle, and I serve as the Youth Minister at St. Dunstan, San Diego.
1: And
0: we are here for the week leading up to July 12th, uh, which would be proper 10, if you're keeping up with your liturgical calendar. So welcome back to this Faith to Go podcast for this week, uh, the sixth Sunday, leading up to the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. And welcome back, Greg Tuttle, a previous Thank you, guest. David. Yes, so oh, good to it's have so you. so
2: good to be here. Yes. The world was a different place when we last spoke and that's true. <laughs> uh, we did a little bit of wishing at that point of how can right. we connect with people differently right um, well, that's true right? that really sort of came true in the season <laughs> that's right
0: yeah and speaking Careful of that, what you wish for that's right. exactly <laughs> <laughs> it happened in mysterious and terrifying ways um, right but we are here uh we're not in the same room obviously but uh we're still able to connect and to have these conversations so i'm, I'm grateful for that and uh, just to update us, um, Greg, would you share with us a little bit about your ministry context and just what you're working on uh, right now, St. Dunstan's?
2: Thank you very much, David. Uh, as I said, the director of youth ministries at St. Dunstan's. And during the season of prevention, I've worked as the producer of our weekly uh, live stream on Sunday mornings. And what that is all meant. Um, but also part of the careful what you wish for, I've become one of the Vacation Bible School team leaders along with our children's minister, when we realized at the beginning, uh, sort of right around middle of March, I would say, that uh, VBS was going to look a lot differently Mm -hmm. this year. And that turned into, what is it that, how can we serve the people that hop from church to church? Is that going to happen this week? Is that going to happen this year? And now what became what? Why not? Mm -hmm. And then we were charged to think bigger at that point. And I'm excited to have what we have come up that you can all dial up edsd.org slash vbs uh, to hear about the five weeks of a series that we have starting July 12th at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. These videos will be released by people within the diocese and other ecumenical partners. That's new this week. Mm. That's new information. I'm excited about that. There'll be 20 to 30 minute long videos that are locally produced uh, with skits and scripture readings and different ways to enliven those things, but also paired with group Publishings offerings of professional songs and stories uh, that we would normally have when you would go to St. Dunstan's or to St. Michael's in Carlsbad or to Christchurch or to Good Sam. It's an exciting opportunity to think broadly and why not. Mm-hmm. So th- thanks for giving me a chance to come on and talk about it.
0: Yeah, that's so yeah. awesome. And we're, uh, we're excited to uh, also figure out ways that uh, Faith2Go and this diocesan uh, virtual VBS offering are going to be able to work in concert with one another, support one another, mm-hmm. and collaborate. So uh, keep your eyes open for that. So go check out that Facebook page that Greg mentioned. Uh, we'll also make sure to have information on the faith to go website uh when uh vbs uh starts in uh in a couple weeks uh, week uh, this week this upcoming yeah week. yeah um, by the time you listen to this so uh thanks greg for that update and now uh again to bring it up to date for you uh would you share with us uh a time that you saw god moving or felt god's presence in this last week
2: well it's all about human compassion this week we are feeling incredibly thin lately and The rawness of when is this going to end? How long? Not long is what we keep getting. Um, I remember Dr. King. How long? Not long. This is a time of Kairos, um, not necessarily Kronos. And human compassion comes to mind this week of how I saw God with two different groups of friends who have never met each other, but all rallied together around friends who are in great emotional need right now and it's a, been a blessing to see.
1: I think that that interconnectedness is so important right now in this time of separation and considering how everyone is feeling so disconnected and lonely and then when something goes awry in their lives, how do we respond to that and how do we connect with them? Mm-hmm. So
0: um okay so so we would love to hear from uh, any and all of you about uh, where you saw god moving this week any questions or comments you have from your week of faith discussion any stories you'd like to share we'd love to hear from you as as we do every week you can email us faith to go at edsd.org you can contact us through the website where you can also find more information about vbs and also all those faith to go resources www.myfaith2go.org And you can follow us uh, and contact us through Instagram at Faith2Go. And so we're going to get into the gospel for this week. Like I said, uh, the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, Proper 10, which is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and then 18 to 23. Do not even look at verses 10 to 17. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. (laughs) Charlotte is going to read the gospel reading for today. uh, And then we are going to each take some time to share a point that jumped out to us uh, that we hope uh, helps your thinking about and reflecting about and discussions about uh, this gospel in this week of faith discussion and reflection. So take it away, Charlotte. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9 and 18 through
1: 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil, and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Yet anyone with ears, listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. that person immediately falls away as for what was sown among thorns this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world and the lure of the wealth choke the word and it yields nothing but as for what was sown on good soil this is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold; in another sixty and in another thirty
0: righty. This is a parable that I would say the majority of people uh, that go to church know this parable pretty well. We mm-hmm. hear, I've heard this parable a lot. I feel like this is one of the more common ones and more well-known ones. Um, and just to give a little bit of context, you know, last week we finished, we were in, uh, we finished chapter 11 in last week's uh, lectionary. And gospel reading then we're jumping past chapter 12 and then this is the beginning of chapter 13 so remember that we finished the three parts and then you know jesus talking to his disciples sending them out on their mission and then you know talking to the pharisees and the and the scribes about this generation and you know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven being hidden and things like that and now jesus is out uh preaching to the crowds and so the part that's cut out in the middle there that we were joking about before uh, verses 10 to 17 <laughs> is not, they're not, tr- or they're not trying to the lectionary, um, the lectionary committee, whoever they are, they're not trying to take anything away from us here. They're just trying to keep some continuity with this parable because 10 through 17 is Jesus turning to his disciples after telling the parable and the disciples saying to him, why do you keep speak in parables in the first place? And then he says, well, you know, it's mm-hmm. for the for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, those who have ears to hear, let them hear, and, you know, some will understand and some will not, and I'm giving these t- these things to you. And then he goes on to that second half. So it's important to know who he's talking to. In the first half of this parable, when he tells the parable, he's talking to the crowd and everybody that's assembled. In the second half, it's just to the disciples. So when he's explaining the parable, he's talking to the disciples as a follow-up to their question about why he talks in parables. So it's it's just it's interesting that there's a couple of things there's first of all he doesn't do this every time he tells a parable because, because there's plenty of parables that the disciples don't get, you know. Um, but he takes the time in this one to to share it. So again, we're just kind of right in the middle of of Matthew's gospel. Uh, Jesus is in the midst of his preaching and teaching and healing ministry. Um and the Sea of Galilee. So up up near his hometown. And I think that's, that's enough context for right now. So uh, Greg has the first point for the gospel
2: this week. Well, here I go. Um, Jesus always knew his audience. Always. Uh, he, like all great rabbis before and after him, know how to speak to people and when to say what they're going to say. Parables are an incredibly wonderful rabbinical tradition uh, where you can tell a story and use characters that are right in front of you without insulting anybody. Um, You don't have to have the incendiary language that we're so used to in much more direct communication. You can be much more creative and flowery. And so it makes so much sense to know that Jesus would tell this parable in public Um, By the way, telling an agrarian parable right next to the beach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And if any of us have been on Mission Bay or anywhere along the coast uh, during the summertime, you can see how such great crowds would become one crowd (laughs) there on the beach. Um, And so it makes sense that he would then retreat with his friends and then tell them, okay, this is really what I was talking about. And We've heard this, like you said, David, maybe as many times as we've heard uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. And planting seeds is sort of a tired thing that you can stop thinking about until you reach the week of March 11th this Mm -hmm. year. When we start to deal with digital seeds, what is it that we are sowing? And how careful do we have to be about the kindness that we use when we tell these stories? Mm -hmm. Um, We are now in a moment where there's no more local where we can talk with each other and work with each other in ways that we never could have before in such great collaboration, like with Vacation Bible School, like what we're doing right now, and almost getting to the point of Jesus, Jesus' vision with the Great Commission. You know, go into the entire world, and right now we have the capability of doing that. Um, it's just a sneaky little thing that I've done to see who is looking at your um, both of your church's uh, live streams on Sunday, and how many people, you know, five to six to seven to eight, to, and upwards of 10 people each week who are dialing in who aren't local? And what is the responsibility that we have when we plant those digital seeds? And this is a great and wonderful time that I hope that we remember when we have moved through this.
1: I have to say that that is a gift, Greg. And as I think about it, especially in the context of a Sunday live stream, for the congregation that i serve in addition to my role at the diocese um we have a couple of parishioners who have found themselves flung in other parts of the country and being able to connect with them on sunday by having them watch the live stream is fantastic but they also are able to serve as readers right mm-hmm. so we've been able to see our actual live stream this last week have the national cathedral in the background because two of our parishioners are in DC and have been in DC since February, when this, you know, they wow. had, they had been out there prior to and then not come back, but they're still part of my local San Diego church's live stream because there's no restrictions. They couldn't mm-hmm. be a reader in church on Sunday if that was our ministry context currently, but our ministry context is much broader than that. Yeah. So, and I think that that probably takes us to point two, which is mine which talks a little bit about why is the sower sowing the seed in all of these places. Yeah. Um, and before we started today, I was sharing with you both that unbeknownst to me, I'm running a children's program that involves Legos and parables. And oh, cool. I, hadn't, I hadn't looked ahead to see where the lectionary was going to use parables. And so just a week ago, I did this parable with the children, the parable of the sower. And after we shared our things that grew that we had made with Legos, and then we heard the parable, one of the reflection questions I asked for them is, why do you think that those seeds were sown on the rocky ground? Um, Because that's not a logical place to sow seeds. And the children offered back to me that God's always trying. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: And I really love the imagery of that because we get Jesus' explanation in a little bit, and I think that David's going to highlight some of that in his point. But the whole intent of sowing the seeds there and considering who the sower is and throwing them in these places where you don't think that, seed would grow on the road where birds could peck up the seed or on the rocky ground where it's going to be scorched by the sun or in the weeds where the thorns are going to choke it is that God is trying, even when our hearts aren't open, even when you know the seed just is heard, the word is heard and not absorbed, um, even when our hearts are hard like the rocky ground or when we have other things in our life that get in the way of us really and truly following no matter what the situation that we find ourselves in no matter the shape of our hearts when the word is heard that god is always going to try
2: mm-hmm.
1: that and also that we should always try i think that that could be taken to one whole more step that it's not just up to god who's always trying with us but that we need to continually be striving to share the word with others, even when we don't think they're going to be receptive, right? Like mm-hmm. even if we are not sure that our words are going to make a difference in their life. Um, one of the conversations that I had recently with a friend was the difference between meaning meaningful conversations and entryway conversations, and that sometimes. In your great desire to have a meaningful, substantive conversation with someone, you don't even make the effort to start the conversation because you know that they're going to bristle or push back and that it's not going to go the way that you want them to want it to. Mm-hmm. But that some people, it's helpful to just have an entryway conversation, that they need that opportunity to push back and to not have the conversation, even to shut it down. And then the next person that comes along and tries to have a meaningful conversation with them about the same thing, they're more receptive to it. You've done the groundwork to allow the meaningful conversation to take place. Mm-hmm. So I love the imagery of God always trying with us, but I also like the call for each of us to try even when we don't think it's going to go the way that we think it will. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, and I like that. That that kind of gets in into my point because I, I like how... It kind of it's kind of paradoxical because at the same time we can think of ourselves we can think, think of God as the sower and ourselves as the sower. We think of God as the sower and ourselves as the grounds where we are both of becoming aware of our responsibility as sowers and our responsibility to ourselves and to God as the ground and like becoming mm-hmm. aware of the of our internal condition and capacity to hear, Like Jesus is saying in this part that's cut out uh, for the people's heart has grown dull and their ears are hard of hearing and they have shut their eyes and they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, you know. And so it's like, are we are we working? Are we becoming aware of the things that are keeping us from hearing? Are we becoming aware of the things that are keeping us from seeing what is true and right in front of us? Uh, And are we becoming aware of our responsibility as the soil to to grow into the kind of receptive soil that uh, that cultivates uh, Mm -hmm. a great yield? And and so and I'm thinking about this particular moment where we are. When we especially those of us those of us Americans, the Americans of European descent, you know, that are commonly referred to as white, and those of us in positions of power and privilege and that and a majority of the Episcopal Church, especially, you know, the Episcopal Church with the with the roots of kind of racism in its history. We are being called into this reckoning. That is not just kind of a passive reckoning. You know, this is the thing, is that we are we need to be active participants in yeah. in dismantling systems of oppression. And that includes a recognition of where the systems are operating in the world, but also how they're operating within ourselves. So that is the kind of the the responsibility for us as sowers of the kingdom mm-hmm. of heaven and as as ones who are being whose who are being sown in, you know, in as mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven inside. And so yeah. my, the, this Jesus kind of brings to the disciples, I think it's like this is this is one of very few parables that Jesus actually explains, right? He's so much about this mystery, about leading us into mm-hmm. mystery, but this one seems so important for them to get that like we, Jesus is like nothing is going to matter If you can't become aware of your internal condition, if you can't become aware of your why you are resistant to new things being cultivated in you in new possibilities, because the kingdom of heaven, if it is about justice and equity, is going to shift a whole lot of things and make us really uncomfortable. And so I'm it's interesting to think about this to me through the lens of this. Reckoning with systemic racism and our own internal racism. Because, you know, we've been, how long has it been now since, you know, we saw George Floyd murdered, you know, Breonna Taylor, Mm -hmm. Ahmaud Arbery? It's been a month, two months. I wonder, like, I wonder how many people are still talking about it and posting on it that talked Mm -hmm. and posted about it those first two weeks. And how Mm -hmm. many of us are talking about it today? And how many of us are going to be talking about it in the year? And how many of us, how many of the churches are going to be doing this work of reconciliation and justice in six years and then and then bearing fruit? And I think that's the question. That's how that's the Jesus's question through this parable for us today is like, what are going to be the things that that make you stop caring? And especially as a, a white person and a person of privilege, part of my privilege is the ability to look away to stop doing uh-huh. the work, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so what is that going to be? You know, is it going to be, is it going to be this like exuberance at first? And then I, I, I come into contact with this discomfort of this work in myself. And then I stop. Is it going to be the recognition that if there is actually justice and equality, it's going to compromise my own financial s- stability and even my own comfort For the sake of Mm -hmm. everyone's comfort and wellness Mm -hmm. because that's a reality is that going to be the thing is that going to be the thorns that keep me from doing it or am i going to be able to live into the discomfort which is going to bear fruit for everybody including myself you know so it's really about our get becoming jesus's invitation to become aware of our internal motivations of where our resistance is and why and just to know he's saying these things are going to happen you know like nobody is one of these conditions of soil for their whole life we're all mm-hmm. being cultivated so let yourself right. be cultivated and if this and if you know today you are the rocky soil maybe next time you're going to be the path and maybe the next time you're going to be the thorns and maybe the next time you know it will take in a deep in the deepest way of being transformed and then leading to the work of transformation because the truth is the whatever f- transformational fruit is born in us that is our gift to the world of bearing that fruit of transformation in the world around us
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and david the whole time you were talking this thought that kept popping into my head and it kept coming up over and over again is how do we change from one type of soil to the other Mm. right to ensure that we are growing into this fertile soil and some of that is not to carry the parable any further i guess but how we fertilize ourselves right mm-hmm. that we can we uh, can amend our we can amend our soil mm-hmm. we can and and what does that look like especially in this time when we are called to become anti racist and to do that hard work not just for today but for the rest of our lives what do you do to amend your soil to be in it for the long haul to do the work long term and is that The things that you are reading? Is it the people with whom you are traveling? I think that that is a different answer for each one of us on the journey, but that that has to be part of the conversation too Mm -hmm. is what are you doing to Mm -hmm. be in it for the long haul? Well,
2: and how many fields need to be raised completely in order to grow something new?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, and to to your point, Charlotte, God is never stopping. God God is pursuing this all the time. You know, it's never Mm going to be, oh, well, you know that time you were a uh, path you know and it didn't really take so <laughs> maybe yeah n- sorry it's like Oops. it's going to keep happening you know god is yeah. is going to keep breaking it breaking it breaking it down churning up the soil composting mm-hmm. you know it's always going to be creating us if if we, if we if we if we tune into our internal reality we can tell that god is always cultivating a richer and richer soil in us through all that stuff that happens in our lives. Like every single moment is an invitation to this kind of thing, to this this journey. And Jesus is always just trying to call us back, become aware of this, become aware of what's happening, become aware where God is moving in this, in this suffering and this frustration, and these joys, and these challenges, and everything, and all through all these relationships, and all these discomforts—it's all God working on that soil. It's all God working on you, you know, for a purpose, not just so you can say, oh, "I'm really good soil now." It's for something mm-hmm. that incorporates everybody. So, mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, that's three points, David. Yes,
0: that's three. Thank three you. Points. <laughs> Thank so, you. To recap those three points uh point number one was greg's and it was uh greg's point was about the you know responsible our responsibility as planters in this new kind of digital field you know that we have the mm-hmm. capacity and the responsibility as evangelists as as justice bringers as christians to cast this seed as wide as we can in our field you know, our capacity to cast keeps getting wider and wider and wider if we take advantage of these tools that are at our disposal. Mm. Number two was uh, Charlotte's and God's perseverance in cultivating and sowing seeds uh, that God is never giving up and always working to grow something new in us, no matter what the condition of our soil. And number three was just was mine, and it was about this this. The becoming aware of our motivations, of our resistances to discomfort and to change and uh, letting ourselves be cultivated so that this work of justice um, in this moment can be sustainable, can continue for us in the Episcopal Church and all churches. And then in, in mm-hmm. throughout all of the people of privilege of European descent, and, uh, people who have the power. So. Having heard that discussion, we invite you to go back and read the gospel uh, for this upcoming Sunday. See if anything new jumps out to you, having heard that conversation. Um, We would love to hear from you, uh, hear any new thoughts you have, any questions, wondering, stories from your week of faith discussion. You can email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, www.myfaith2go.org, where you can f- also find all the faith to go resources, and you can contact us through and follow us on Instagram at faith2go. Thank you again to Greg Toddle for being here. Uh, number two, second podcasts. Thank you, Greg. Thank
1: you, Greg.
2: Oh, thank you, friends, and I really encourage you to dial up edsd.org slash VBS uh, to understand a little bit more about what it is that volunteers from across Southern California are giving to other Southern Californians. That's right. That's a great, great, great thing, and what we can do to pair with myfaith2go.org on a weekly basis during the summer. Yeah, so
0: keep an eye out for all of that. Go check out uh, that information on the, on the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego's website that Greg just listed. Uh, keep an eye out on the Faith to Go website, and wherever you are, you can take part. The the field yeah. is as big as the internet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we will be back back next week to talk about uh, the Gospel for Proper Eleven, the Sunday leading up to July nineteenth. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
1: Goodbye.